This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Clocks and Colors. That is handcrafted men's jewelry. They have pendants, chains, rings, bracelets, and apparel. You can find all of their stuff at www.clocksandcolors.com. Colors is spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S. They just opened up a sister company called Etta Love. That's E-T-A-H, Love. Um, this is Clocks and Colors for women. They have pendants, rings, bracelets, earrings, all those kinds of goodies. And you can check them out at their website, www.etalove.com. That's E-T-A-H-L-O-V-E.com. And the second sponsor of today's podcast is Manscaped. Get yourself a precise trim. Proper manscaping requires precision-engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but both hygiene and ergonomics demand it. Out now is the Lawnmower 3.0. This is a top quality shaver. It features a light so you can see and you're not going in blind down there. The thing is running at 7,000 RPMs. Kind of scary. Hey, this thing is waterproof. You want to shave in the bath? Not a problem. You want to shave in the pool? No problem. You want to go scuba diving? Butt naked? Shave at the bottom of the deep blue? That's not a problem. I want to help you guys out. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the discount code OSIRIS20. At www.manscaped.com. One more time, the code is OSIRIS20 at www.manscaped.com. Let's get into the podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Infinite Mind Podcast. This is episode 10. How cool is that? We got here. This is also the third week in a row I'm doing this. So consistency has been uh, the goal lately, and I'm stoked that uh, you know we're making it happen. Uh, this is my podcast to connect with you guys. I answer your questions. That's become the bulk of the show is kind of just handling things that you write into me on Instagram. Uh, I do like a questionnaire once a week. I usually drop it on Tuesday. So if you follow me on Instagram, that's at Leo Cyrus. Uh, Tuesdays, I drop, you know, a question section on my Instagram. You can uh, just write whatever you have in. And then uh, on the podcast that drops Fridays, I'll answer all your questions. And then I kind of let you know what's going on with my current events, Born of Osiris, all things of that nature. So let's hop right in. Um, in Born of Osiris land, we are finalizing the merch spread uh, for our album rollout. That's going to be coming real soon. I don't know what day it is. I'm not wearing a watch today. Okay. Um, but real soon, you're going to have some information on the album. And along with that, usually comes pre-orders. And uh, so you can buy a t-shirt in the album or a sweatshirt in the album or, you know, some other kind of, you know, merchandise. But we're kind of finalizing all that right now. So that kind of includes uh, just getting a variety. So... We'll have a bunch of black shirts pretty typically uh, in the metal scene, but we like to mix it up. So, you know, make sure we have something white, make sure we have something gray, make sure we have something colors, make sure we have faded or tie dye or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's kind of a it's kind of a journey, but we're getting towards the end of that as as a bulk of the last week. uh, A lot of time spent really getting, uh, you know, the merchandise sorted. And there's a lot of opinions in the band. You know, a lot of us have different styles and. You know, I had a conversation last night about do you um, do you only put out things that you would wear, 
or do you put out things that you you believe your fans and and followers would like and the one side of the argument was well i think you should only put out something that you endorse enough to wear and then there's the other side is like well shit like a lot of people don't necessarily like my style or think it's different or a lot of, a lot of people don't like that guy's style or Ron's or Joe's or wh- whatever it is. Obviously, just styles vary. So it's kind of been a thing in my head lately. You guys can let me know in the comments what you think is appropriate when it comes up to this kind of thing is, do I focus on what I would wear or do I focus on making sure we have a variety for people, even if I wouldn't wear nine out of 10 things in our spread? So it's interesting. It's been on my mind, but... Uh, I think regardless, there are a few things that I would wear. There are a few things I wouldn't wear, but I can definitely see other people wearing. It's just kind of a catch, uh, you know, it's a situation where I'm undecided, but we're doing the best with that. I just know that we have a good group of people. We have a good team, varying opinions in the band, uh, varying opinions on the team and their job. You know, a lot of the guys on the team, uh, guys and girls, is to mainly just stay ahead of these kinds of things and know what's what's popular now. And that also helps us. But that's what we've been doing in Born with Cyrus World, and you should be able to see some of that, get some album album information real soon. Um, so, you know, I'm moving right now, so I'm kind of hectic today. It's like I just had just an hour to come here and do this, uh, but it was important that I did because it's episode 10, and it's it's three weeks in a row. I'm trying to be consistent, as I mentioned. So I'm moving, though, and uh, one cool thing is, so Dave Escamilla, who is the singer of In Motive, my rock band, um, he's actually, his father builds studio desks. So um, I'm going to get some information so you guys can check it out, but he's getting more into that. He's going to build me a studio desk. I'm really excited about this because I've been going over, you know, how many rack spaces I need, how many compartments for rack spaces I need, um, what kind of shape I would need, depth, width, things like that. So that's really exciting. So the studio is going to be moving as well while I move houses just because you know I need to be close you know it's it's one of those things where I can't if if my studio is 40 minutes from the house um it's just it's, I'm not gonna go to it you know I need it to be right there in the house is I love fucking in-home studios that's my favorite it's right there you know some people don't have enough rooms and so they have to rent a a, a practice space or studio space whatever it is I think the point is that it needs to be close because you need to make it easy to write you know I talk all the time about uh, you know people talk ask me about writer's block and how to get over it and I think the point is to show up every day even if you don't feel necessarily inspired sit down open up your stuff try to record something I think that's important and so Studio being readily accessible and close to you is important. If it's in your house, awesome. If it's not, try to get it down the street. But anyways, the studio is moving and it's the perfect time to upgrade desk for me. I've been using one, you know, not the best quality. It's definitely got the job done. But, you know, I kind of have to put things on it in different places because it's not necessarily made to be a studio desk per se. Um, So there's no like actual rack uh, inputs. So now I'm going to have all that. I'm really excited about that. If I get, uh, you know, Dave's dad's like information, I'll put it on my Instagram or something so you can see some of the stuff he's done. He's done some really cool work already, but I'm really pumped on getting a new desk. I'm also pumped because I'll be living closer to Dave. So we're going to get more in motive stuff going and that's important to us. It's, it's hard with the distance and, you know, COVID and all the things that were kind of slowing the industry down, which also in turn slowed down 
you know, the rollouts of InMotive and some of the meetups for writing and things of that nature. So I'm excited to get this InMotive back on track and work with Dave more. And so I'm pumped. We've been talking more about the desk and things are looking up for the InMotive stuff. We just got to got to get back and commit trying to do some weekly meetups, weekly writing sessions, just make, you know, like the podcast, just get some consistency going on that end because, you know, as much as all of us have things going on in our lives outside of InMotive, like I think what we do with that band is really cool. And and so I don't want to ever feel like we're half-assing it because I wouldn't feel good. Um, Let's see, Paradise City. So there's a full-length album coming out May 14. It's called Cruel Games. So this is fun. So, I, you know, I always talk about how I make music for that show. Um, what I basically write, like, all the bands, like, you know, original music, where if they go on stage and perform something, like, those are the songs that I've made. Um, I've also done a ton of covers for them. So I didn't know this until it popped up on Instagram. You know, I kind of just don't ask questions. You know, it's not my job to get too involved in how they do things. It's more my job to make the music, supply it, um, you know, meet any demands that they have regarding style, regarding what they want to focus on. That's my role. So I was excited to see they're going to actually put it all together on an album. So that's Cruel Games out May 14th. There's eight songs. I don't know. There's one of them that I didn't write, and I it's not me. But seven out of eight of those songs, I'm playing, you know, all the instruments. I obviously don't do any vocals. Funny enough, I do vocals on the new Born with Cyrus album. I just sing for for a hot second or two. Uh, but in general, I don't do too many vocals, especially for Paradise City. Sorry about that. My phone is going off. Um, but yeah, so you'll you'll hear me on drums and bass and guitar and keys. And I think I played like harmonica on one of the songs. So, you know, it's uh, it's fun. It's it's a cool way for you to hear me on, you know, on a bunch of different instruments where you primarily hear me on guitar and bass in Born of Osiris. Um, you know, with, with the solo album, you hear me on all those instruments too. So that's another outlet that you, you get to hear it. But I, this is more of a rock, radio rock outlet. Um, and I'm excited. So May 14th, Cruel Games. All right. I think that about does it with the, you know, current events. I'm basically just moving. Um, I'm doing studio works. I'm still working out of this studio, even though the new place is uh, about 30 minutes from here. And it'll be that way for the next month. I can't put the studio work down. I do. It's, you know, my full time thing right now off of tour or not being able to tour. So I'm working on some cool projects. I'm accepting more projects. If you want to work with me, um, you know, I'll do guest solos and shit, you know, assuming I like the song and I'll, I'm doing mixing and mastering. I'm doing I'll reamp. I got amps and axe effects and I got the fucking helix and I got I got it all over here. So reamping is fun. Um, yeah, so yeah, hit me up at my email for anyone that's curious to, if they want to work me in the studio, it's osirisstudios at yahoo.com. And yes, I said Yahoo because I've been doing it for that damn long where Yahoo was like the thing, but it's osirisstudios at yahoo.com. You can email and, uh, you know, I don't miss emails on that. Uh, as far as work stuff goes, the, uh, I miss DMs, so People hit me up on Facebook messages. I don't even check those. Uh, the the place where I check my uh, direct messages the most is Instagram. But overall, if you really want to get a hold of me for studio work, any kind of business like that, Studios at yahoo.com. But yeah, so doing all that, uh, I've been, you know, training jujitsu. My knees kind of messed up, so I've been training real light with a brace. Um, 
and yeah, we're just moving. I'm trying to take like two loads a day in my wife's car. You know, I'm on the Harley when she's at the work most of the time. So she's going working by the place. So I'll pack her car up with, uh, with boxes and she'll take it to work, come back and I pack another one. But that's been going on for a few days. And now today's the first day I'm going to the new place to see it. I saw it when we got it, but you know, to, to begin the moving in process. So that's exciting. Today's super busy, but, uh, it's exciting busy. Um, and this weekend I'm going out of town to Denver for a few days. I'm actually going to see the guys in Buenos Aires, which is exciting. My buddy, Steven, uh, Nick Rossi will be there. Uh, my buddy, Subi will be there. Ronnie from boo will be there. Um, you know, EJ will be there. Uh, just, uh, it's going to be a good time. It's really just for hangs. You know, this past year when I have seen the guys, it's been straight business filming music videos or, or photo shoot or, whatever um so this is the first time we're all just hanging out and that's all it's for so i'm excited about that get out of town obviously been locked at home for a year as have we all you know uh covid and stuff so i'm excited to get out of town have a good time um yeah so that's what's going on with me let's get into some questions shall we these are the questions you guys wrote in to me all right first question if you were to do it all over again, how would you promote yourself? I think one thing that, you know, I don't know if I regret it, but, and I'll tell you why, but one thing I would say I I would have done is stay ahead of all the new social media. So you see it all the time. There's this new social media and it's going to be hype and then it dies. And this one's new things coming out. Everyone's getting it. And then it dies a week later, you know, it's like a week of hype, but it is smart to get on those because if they do take off, and it's Instagram or it's Twitter, um, then then you're ahead of the curve, which is important. So if the, to answer your question, how would I promote myself differently? I would just get on all those things, the TikToks, which I'm terrible at. Um, I would get on those things, take them all seriously, because social media is the way of the future, whether we like it or not. Now, the reason I said I don't regret anything is because all the time that I don't spend on social media, I spend in the studio writing music. and And at the end of the day, the songs last a lifetime. You know, I say, you know, unfortunately, I've had a couple of friends pass away in the music industry, some some guitar player friends of mine. And, you know, as heartbreaking as it is, I always say, like, you know, they uh, they live forever, you know, in the songs that they write. Uh, they're immortal. You know, Instagram, like, here's another thing. Like, what if Instagram died tomorrow? What would happen to so many people's careers, you know? So... The the thing is, is social media is important. I wish at times that I spent more, more, uh, my attention on it. That being said, any attention that I don't spend on it isn't, uh, you know, wasted. It's spent in the studio, uh, making songs that again, last a lifetime. They make a musician immortal. Um, I'm proud to say that if Bono Osiris, that if Instagram, Twitter collapsed, gone, which is the foundation of a lot of artists career these days. One of Cyrus would be fine because we were here before this. We got signed on MySpace back in the day. And our and our fan base is from touring for over a decade, hitting the small towns, hitting the big towns, of course, but like going places where some people won't. And and for that reason, we don't rely on social media. We don't need a big following. You know, some of us are fortunate to have them, but it, our band doesn't ride on social media being a part of it. You know, it obviously helps, but um, but we don't need it, and uh, we're thankful for it. 
So yeah, what I would do differently is I would have jumped in Instagram instantly and jumped on Twitter instantly because with both of those, I was, I, I watched musicians have them for two years before I even got one. So that's what I would do different. Next question. Am I gay? <laughs> well, I assume you're joking, but let me say this. If you're gay, awesome. You're cool as shit. If you're not gay, awesome. You're also cool as shit. Hey, maybe you're bisexual. Sounds like you get best of both worlds. That sounds cool, huh? Regardless of what you are, own it, be happy. Next question. What strings, what strings gauge do you use? So I've been going back and forth with strings, um, mainly in the wound section. So basically, like I play tens overall, you know. So the first three strings, 10, 13, 17, I'm pretty locked into that. And that's drop C, drop G, which, you know, those three uh drop c6 drop g7 those uh three strings are the same tuning wise and thickness 10 13 17 uh, but when it comes to the wound strings i'm changing things up a lot so i what i've liked doing is just buying tens of different brands you know we have an endorsement where we're with dunlop and, and and you know that's what i'm on tour i'm playing every night we get boxes of those and so you're hearing me most of the time on dunlop but I do like in the studio, if I need to buy a one-off set of strings, I'll buy what different brands, they're 10s, right? So it's usually going to be 10, 13, 17, but then as it gets into the thicker strings, the wound strings, that's where brands will uh, differ just a little bit. So maybe it's a 52, now it's a 56, or, you know, 72 or 74, whatever. Um, so, you know, I don't want to dodge your question, but I can say overall I'm using 10 gauge sets. However, I'm mixing it up uh, when it comes to the wound parts of the strings because I like a thin string uh, when it comes to like your thicker lower strings because it's spanky. So I like that thinness. It's spanky. It's like got a it's got a genty chunk to it. So I like that. But there's often times when I'm just strumming chords lower on the neck, tracking in the studio, and I and I'm like, fuck, I wish these strings were thicker, a little more girth to them. You know what I mean? And uh, and and that's because you're getting full bodied chords out of those. So riffing, I just I tend to love the the thin, slappy, spanky th- uh, strings. When, uh, and and with uh, chords, I'll just thicker the better, you know, because it just makes the whole sound bigger. So I'm trying to find that sweet middle ground, um, but uh, I haven't found it quite yet. But you know, overall, to uh, close up this long answer, uh, just ten gauge sets. Um, regardless of a six, seven, eight, um, string guitar. Next question. Do you have any creative outlets outside of music, like painting, directing, acting, etc.? Um, not really. I do so much in music that it takes the bulk of my time. And outside of that, having a wife that when she comes home, you need to give her your undivided attention out of respect and love and just, you know, being a partner in life with somebody that I don't do a ton else. So as far as creative outlets, I will say this though, before I was wanted to be a musician and I've played guitar forever, over 20 years now, I wanted to be a movie director. I want to direct movies um, and particularly horror movies. And it's still something if I ever could do, I would, you know, I don't see my future trending in that direction. It's cool. I see Sumerian films doing things. If they gave me a chance to put something together and the, and the funding, which I, why would they? What's in it for them at this moment until I prove myself? 
then I would love to do it though. Um, it's a, but here's what I want to make. I want to make a horror movie. I want it to be disgusting. I want it to be terrifying. I want it to be evil. I want it to make people uncomfortable. It won't, it won't have a happy ending. Like as far as like music goes, I love beautiful melodies and I'll put them into the heaviest of songs. But as far as what I want to make in the movie industry, I want to make a horror flick and I want it to just be disturbing. I want you to leave the theater or wherever you watch it just feeling uncomfortable and and maybe like felt like the experience that you just had was unpleasant. That's the kind of experience or vibe that I would like to create in the movie world. Um, (laughs) Is there a market for that? I'm not sure. Because if there was, I think you'd see that more. But I, you know, you often see the happy ending. You often see this. I just want to make the most disturbing thing ever. I want to make people feel really uncomfortable and not not even necessarily like what they're looking at, but maybe can't take their eyes off it kind of thing. Uh, very different than the music I make, I know. But that's that. Thanks for asking. Is your guitar style influenced by other genres? It... I'm not sure. So I would say this. My guitar playing is influenced by guitar players that I look up to and admire. I would say that my uh, music, on the other hand, is bas- is definitely influenced by other genres. So like pop music, um, that the melodic content, the, the melodies in pop music are what really gets me. And so you'll often find that no matter what I'm making, Heavy Born of Osiris or, or um, In Motive or my solo stuff, that I'm going to have potentially like a poppy feeling melody, a happy feeling melody in there. So uh, guitar style influenced by others, not necessarily. You know, when Tosin was in Born of Osiris as a touring member, not a songwriter, but just touring with us on being my second guitar player on stage, he showed me a lot of his thumping and, you know, a lot of the the right hand work um, without a pick, even with a pick, a hybrid picking kind of deal like with and without pick at the same time you know mixing it up in the line he showed me a lot of cool things uh but you know yeah i mean if i see something cool that a guitar player is doing and i I want to try it i will but uh and as far as building a song i'm influenced by a lot of different things um and and melody is number one to me next question how have you adapted with covid to stay relevant busy and paying your bills I kind of touched on this earlier, and that's mainly um, just doing studio work. Uh, actually, American Satan, sorry, Paradise City, the follow-up to American Satan, the show that I've been talking about, was really helped. Um, I was able to pay off my Harley, which I was like, you know, uh, when in a time where I'm not working, COVID, pandemic, to be able to make money, not to just keep the lights on and the bills, which is obviously important, but to be able to like pay off my you know, my motorcycle, um, that was just a cool moment for me, you know, and that's not like a look at me, look what I did in a hard time. I, you know, cause obviously people are going through a lot of shit, but, um, yeah, that was a cool thing for me. So it was paradise city did some good. You made some money there. Um, the studio is the main, main thing that I've been doing as far as money. Uh, because you know, as much as we don't like to hear it, um, there's not a ton of money in music outside of touring. So I'm very fortunate because I do a lot of things and I have a lot of great relationships and, and business ventures with companies and Kiesel guitars and things like that. But, um, the bulk of the income is touring. So, um, I've, I've done very well over the last year, but I gotta say that, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I gotta say that, uh, yeah, touring's number one. 
So that's tough. So, but if you're looking for recommendations on how to, I mean, I mean listen, a lot of guys are getting jobs. Um, touring, a lot of touring musicians are getting jobs. There's nothing wrong with that either. Especially if you can find something that you have a passion for, like uh, uh, maybe you're like teaching, maybe you're working at like a school of rock kind of thing, like something where you're still working with your passion, but um, you're also making money off not touring. So yeah, I hope that that helps. But uh, yes, American Satan, Paradise City, studio work, that's uh, that's been kind of everything. Um, and there's money that will f- come in from merch sales or whatever else. Um, but you know, and I have Kiesel guitars and I have other business relationships with people that bring in money for me, but that's kind of how I've been doing it. Any chance you could show us slash tell us your settings on your EVH gear? Yeah, let me see. I'm looking at the blue and red channel right now. They're both pretty similar. Keep in mind, I have a drive in front of this. All right. So Gain's pretty high on both of them, especially the blue channel. With with uh, just the basic 5153, I I do think that uh, there could be a little more gain on that channel. But they did update that update that with the stealth 5153. There's more there's more gain. Uh, but the low I have a little bit before uh, less than noon, so f- let's call it four. Uh, the mids are also around the same point four. The highs five six. Um, presence I ride around five or six too. Uh, again, I'm running a precision drive in front of it right now, which also shapes the tone. So those are the settings that I'm looking at on the, the head that is next to me. But just keep in mind that I have other things shaping the tone. So try that out. Hope you like it. If not, just that's probably why, um, because, uh, you know, the P drive is doing a little bit um, to help. Next question. Will you ever come back to higher place slash discovery playing style? You know, I don't know. And and. The reason why is because nothing's ever intentional. So, you know, when with the solo stuff, I do have a goal that I set out before I make a record, and it's big. I want to make the catchiest uh, emotional guitar record. That was my goal, right? And I'll get better at it as time goes on, but that was the goal for the solo stuff. However, when it comes to Born, it's kind of just like with, with Cameron and me, the, you know, the songwriters, and now Nick rossi um the, the bulk of the song of course i'm talking just the skeleton work i'm not trying to take anything away from joe or any anything like that um but w- what i mean is we never set like this is what we're doing with this we're gonna go heavy as shit or we're gonna do more solos that's not really ever like a thing we talk about so will it ever come back around to that it very well could it could happen tomorrow it might have happened on this new record that's coming out since we are the people that created those albums at any point in time, a vibe like that could come back around. But overall, we grow as musicians. We change. Um, so will it ever sound exactly like that? Probably not. I don't know if any record will ever sound the same as the one before it or the one that comes after it. Uh, we don't you know, set out to attempt anything in particular like that, but it could very well happen. Um, just don't put, we just don't put too much thought into goals when it comes to like what this song is going to be or what this album is going to be. We kind of make it pretty naturally. We let it be natural. Next question. When is the new album coming? Very soon. Very soon. You should have an announcement. You know. Week. And in less than two weeks, I think you should have some details. I'll put it that way. <clears throat> Will you release Infinite Mind presets for Neural DSP? You know. I don't think so. Just because we did use Neural DSP. 
here and there, but we used Line 6 Helix on things. I use Axe Effect a ton on the first Infinite Mind record. I say the first Infinite because the next question is asking if there's going to be a next one. But um, I use so many different things on that record that I don't think I could give you an all-in neural DSP bundle of Infinite Mind. I could probably find the lead tone or the solo sound that I used on this uh, program or blah, blah, blah. But an all-encompassing Infinite Mind thing might be a little too hard. I could try to replicate it with Neural DSP, and that might be something. Let me know if you're interested in the comments if you'd like. Um, but, yeah, I just used so many different things that I couldn't give you the exact tones, even though there was Neural DSP used and probably on, uh, especially on this next one that I've made that's coming out in the fall or early winter. Definitely using Neural DSP. I just got a Quad Cortex the other day. I'm diving into that, by the way, and that's incredible. But... Yeah, I don't know if I could do an all-encompassing Infinite Mind package. Plans for Inmotive, I kind of went over that. Will there be Infinite Mind Part 2? So, I do want to say something about this. The next album uh, I have titled Artworks Done. It's coming out in the fall, like I said, the winter. It's It's got its own name. It is an Infinite Mind Part 2. But I did think, because of how like much people did love Infinite Mind, and, and thank you for that, and how much people like made it feel like a moment in time, at least maybe just feels that way to me because it's my album and I, and I feel it directly the, the 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 feelings that I get from people. For that reason, I did want to make it. I put, I've thought about making it Infinite Mind too. It's not, but I do think potentially in the future I I might do an Infinite Mind too. Maybe bring back some of the melodies from Infinite Mind. And, and reimagine them you know you hear it done like track one on an album they'll have a melody and then they bring it back on the last track of an album i think periphery might have done that but i might do something where i make another record that has the same feel potentially as infinite mind but and maybe i'll flirt with some of the old melodies from infinite mind that's a possibility that you might get uh infinite mind too let's see here Hi, Lee. How long do you play guitar? I've been playing guitar. Oh, wait. How long do you play guitar? A day? Uh, it ranges. You know, I used to play as a kid 10 hours a day. Now, um, there's a guitar in my hand all the time because I'm doing so much studio work and songwriting. So is that practice? I don't know. I, I have a guitar in my hand a lot. How often am I sitting down metronome work? That kind of thing. Not as often. Back in the day, I used to do 10 hours a day on a weekend of metronome work things like that. So that varies. Now, how long do you play guitar? Are you asking me how many years I play guitar? That would now be <clears throat> 22 years. Who were some of your early influences in your style and technique? Um, Eric Johnson. I mentioned Cliffs of Dover. That song did a lot for my, uh, just the way I looked at music going forward in life. Um, Steve Vai. Joe Satriani, Surfing with the Alien, you know, all those classics, you know, Eddie Van Halen, you know, I listened to a ton of, of Van Halen as a, when I was a kid, I listened to a ton of Pantera with Dimebag, um, a lot of those things really influenced me, and, and as you can tell, some of those things I said are really guitar-based and melodic, and uh, some of those are real metal, and I think it kind of just pushed me into what I am today, um, yeah. Who or what made you start playing guitar? Love the podcast. Well, thank you. Um, I would say if I had to pinpoint one, it would be Randy Rhodes. So I used to listen to a ton of Ozzy with my dad. 
we listened to Ozzy Osbourne, we listened to Van Halen with my dad and I, you know, definitely bonded over music a lot. And uh, the reason I really, really wanted to play was definitely Randy Rhodes, who was Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player when he was a solo artist. Definitely him. Any tips to become a musician guitarist like you for a teenager? By the way, your boo is very inspirational. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, tips to become a musician. I would say, obviously, do it because you love it, first of all, because there are hard times. You know, I think I have one of the coolest jobs in the world, but that doesn't mean it isn't hard. At three in the morning when I arrive at an airport and I haven't had food and I'm, you know, thirsty and, and I have to do, go from plane to plane. Listen, it, it, I, I understand I'm lucky, but that, that means that doesn't mean it's not hard. So I say do it because you love it, because you should do anything because you love it. But you're going to need those moments being a musician that that reminds you why it was okay to be at the airport at four in the morning last night, tired of shit. Um, you're going to need the love. Um, I talked a little bit about social media earlier. That's important. So you're going to need social media because un- unfortunately or fortunately, however you decide to look at it, it's how we're doing things these days. So I would say update your Instagram, which of course I don't, with Tons of footage of you playing guitar. I choose personally. I choose to update people with albums that again live forever, and I'm not hating. But I, I like I said earlier, uh, I have put out a catalog of work that'll live forever, much longer than me. Um, will Instagram? I don't know. But you have to focus on it. Focus on Instagram. Focus on your social media. Focus on the love of the instrument. Practice. Uh, be nice to people. Listen, if you're if you're good to people, they want you to succeed. They want to give you opportunities. If you're an asshole to people, uh, then they just don't want to help you at all. I've been both over the past, you know, 14 years as a guitar uh, as a guitar player, touring musician. There was times when I was young, like when I had a record contract and I was still in high school. It's fucking asshole for sure. I thought my shit didn't stink. I thought I was famous already. I thought I was gonna have be rich as shit. Um, so I've been a young signed asshole. I've also matured and 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 learned that like. Um, you got to be good to people, man. Nobody wants to support a shithead. Um, so be a good person. Focus on social media. Grow it. Love your instrument. Love the music you make. Don't make it because it's cool. Um, and I think, you know, you'll be you'll be off to a, a good start. How does your experience on stage differ as a solo artist versus with your boys in Boo? That's a fucking great question, man. Because with Born of Osiris, pre-stage, we are getting pumped up. And, and yes, that might include whiskey or whatever but like it there's this brotherhood and there's this energy that we're feeding off each other because we know we're about to hit the stage together and I, i'm getting chills thinking about it right now but there's something magical there with born osiris now with the solo stuff um that was crazy why well because now i'm talking into a microphone i get that i do it on this podcast but like talking on a microphone to a crowd was like the only thing i could think about before the first show my first show was like somewhere crazy in europe First concert ever as a solo artist on tour with Animals as Leaders and Car Bomb. And I'm just walking up like, shit, uh, hey, I don't think it was that awkward. But yeah, it was it was it was fucking crazy. I can tell you that. Um, So how does it differ? Well, with Born, there's a vibe. It's a party on stage. If it doesn't mean I'm not even saying like we're partying and drinking on stage. I'm saying we could be dead sober and it'd be a party on stage. That's Born Osiris with solo thing. Man, I just fucking zone in on my guitar and I'm just just trying to play it perfectly um and and the people that are on stage with me are generally uh hired musicians and incredibly talented i think you know my first group i think they're both berkeley 
musicians. Um, but with that, you know, you know them a little bit less. You know, I think I only knew them for like a year or two at the time when I took them on tour to be my band. Um, whereas Born, we grew up a mile down the street from each other, or some of the guys were like blocks away from each other. And they were a lot of us were friends before the band even made music. Um, so it is definitely a different thing. How do you listen to music? Spotify, CD. So between like the Spotify thing, I have Apple Music. Um, so I have that for the gym, whatever. Uh, but the thing I buy the most now is vinyl. I really like that. Um, not because I think it sounds so one like you got to hear it on vinyl. I don't really know how I feel about all that. But I do find myself supporting artists that I care about the most by buying their vinyl. Like Sleep Token. I loved that album like in 2019 or 20, whatever it was. And the coolest thing for me was to buy their vinyl. So I listen to Apple Music and I buy a lot of vinyl. What's your favorite track from the new Gojira record? I think it's called New Found or something. Let me see here. New Found. Yeah. Just listening to it. Um, it's got this catchy, groovy guitar part. I like the vocals. It breaks down. It slows down like good old brace leg style. Oh, man, I just love that track. Newfound. Last question. Moment that made you want to walk away from music the most. <sighs> I don't know if there was like an exact moment that made me want to walk away. or I probably would have. I'm definitely someone who doesn't do shit specifically for money. And if something drove me away... Uh, and I couldn't feel it in my heart, then I would be gone. Um, it hasn't happened. I can tell you there was tough moments. I, one time I broke my foot on tour with Guar, and uh, I had to have like pretty reconstructive surgery. Um, I was like, yo, let me have the surgery. I'll miss four or five days, and I'll come and play in a wheelchair. Unfortunately, they said no, but um, that was a moment that was discouraging because in that moment, when they said we couldn't come on the tour, and I think they're assholes for that because like listen i'll come play in a chair just let me come play and for whatever reason they said no i imagine they just took our guarantees or maybe they got paid a little extra more at night because of that you know because all the promoters don't have to pay one osiris anymore for whatever reason they said no which i think is a shithead move on their part um but now that they say no now my band that had scheduled this tour obviously it's not just the, oh, shit, I won't get to play these shows. It's like, oh, shit, how much money am I going to be losing now? Because we have to go home because Lee broke his foot and Guar won't let us continue. So in that moment, I felt, well, shit, not only am I taking a lot of fun in the near future away from my band, but I'm taking uh, income from them out of their pocket in the near future. We all got bills to pay. So that was a moment in time that was really hard for me. Um, didn't make me want to walk away. Made me want to fucking do anything I could to get more money in their pockets somehow to make up for my inconvenience. But listen, every one of us has been there that time, had that time in tour where we had to go home. Whether it's someone's like lost a family member and we had to pull off or, uh, you know, someone broke their hand or whatever, you know, it could have been. So we all have that moment. You have to be brothers with each other and understand that those moments will happen. Um, but that was mine. I felt like shit. So that's that. Guys, I want to say thank you. We've done 10 of these episodes now. Um, I'm pumped. You know, as you can tell, I'm, I'm doing them more consistently. And I think, you know, there's a while where I was like, listen, people would rather me be making music. And I'm sure you would. And But what I've done is I've streamlined this whole thing now to where this only takes an hour out of my day. So it's not taking away where before as I was getting into this process, 
I was planning so many things around like what the episode was going to be like, blah, 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 that it would take like a day of shit and planning. Because then afterwards I have to do the audio and the video and all the shit. So what I've done is I've streamlined the process so you get more of these. And um, and I and I used to be like, well, they don't need to be consistent as long as they get them to listen. But I do notice with the podcasts that I like that if they go a couple weeks without one, I'll grab another podcast and start listening. So I've I've realized the importance of consistency and so I'm doing that. Um, done ten of these now. I'm gonna start getting guests on here. I've already talked to a few people, so that's what's next to come. But hey, we've done ten. Thanks for being here with me on this little journey. Uh, I'm just gonna get better at doing this. Uh, we're gonna get more interactive. It'll look better, feel better. Guests, all that is coming. But again, thank you for doing ten of these with me, and I will see you on the next one. All right, bye.